Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Happy Wednesday, Dr. Paul. Thank you. Good to be here. And uh, exciting things happening are in the financial markets today. Oh, yeah. so we get day. to talk about finances and whether or not we should have more financing of this program. No, that's not <laughs> that's on the it. subject. We could use that. <laughs> we <Yeah>. could use it. <laughs> But, you know, the costs are going up. Salaries, no, our salaries haven't gone up. So we have to worry. Anyway, we're going to talk about how this all adjusts. But everybody this week knew this was a big day on reporting. The CPI figures were coming out. But why is everybody holding their breath? How does how's the CPI registered? Is it is it a real market phenomenon? Sort of. It does. Uh, you can't can't lie to the housewives forever that there's no inflation. Mm-hmm. But the the the, uh, the the truth is is the CPI has been manipulated by the government for a long time because uh, the cost of government goes up automatically if they say that's the the rate of uh, price inflation and the devaluation of the currency, and we have to continue the process so we make up for it. So uh, they they uh, doctor it up. And it's usually much worse than the government reports. But even with all that, the reports yesterday would be, it is going to be a blockbuster. And sure enough, it was. It was. They prepared the markets the best they could. And the prices uh, were said to have gone up at 9.11%. Yikes. And that's, that's a big deal because they had worked for years, years when they were pretending they were having a wonderful time managing the economy. They didn't realize that they could print money and not see all the ill effects immediately. Sometimes the ill effects don't come until later on. So they, they thought they were home free, but it turned out, uh, and I always, I always anticipated this would happen, they, they, tried to, they set the, the, the goal was price inflation at 2% in 2012, and they've been going on and on. Well, we don't, we're not quite there yet. We're not quite there yet. And I always assumed they would get there, and nobody will notice because who, now they're working, except for the fact they're working to get 2% down to two percent so it's it's really a joke that that they can measure uh you know know what's going on and it's a little bit more complex of this uh, than this because uh this is a devaluation it's a tax it's it's a result of printing money and uh it's uh, also gives us an opportunity to to talk about the uh, fed but the report today said the, the uh, consumer prices were going up significantly. And still, uh, you know, you think, wow, they're going up. Gold's going to go up. It's going to skyrocket. Yeah. That, that seems like the short-term logic of it all. But uh, when you factor in human action, you factor in timing, and you factor in subjective theory of value, uh, don't be so sure, especially on the short term. So in the short term, lo and behold, it shocked a lot of gold people and a lot of investors because gold went down $20, huh. which was a significant hunk. And they say, oh, that's all wrong. That's why gold is not money anymore. It went down. But then somebody took about three breaths and they say, oh, wait, it just went back. It just went up $30. <laughs> but that to me is a reflection of having a currency that you can't define. <clears throat> the unit of account, the dollar, is just something that is fudged, manipulated, and that is why you're going to see prices so go up and down like that. And <clears throat> governments are, you know, very interested 
in, uh, you know, manipulating and control. And to a large degree, uh, they get away with this, especially when you're super wealthy. When you have a lot of reserves, you have a lot of gold, and you have a big army, and you have a powerful economy, you can <clears throat> dictate a, a reserve currency on this. And that, uh, of course, is what they've been doing. But eventually, it caught up with it, and they had to give up on it because the uh, Fed uh, was running out of gold. And I understand, uh, do you have those? Uh, I have some charts. Yeah, chart? I want to show a chart here now. If you can put up that first chart. This is uh, the uh, price increase. This is starting from 1975 on. And you can see that recession uh, in, the, in the late 70s there. And then you see, here we are, uh, this, this most recent uh, massive increase. Uh, let's do the next one, because this is month on month. And this is interesting, yeah, a little bit, uh, no, this is year on year, uh, from 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. Yeah, month on month from, from 16 on, and you see we have these last three months, a uh, huge, huge increase. We had a bit of a slip there. And let's go to the next one, if we can. This is the year on year. This is, I think, the most dramatic. The year on year uh, since 2017 on, uh, on food, services, goods, energy. Uh, energy green, food is yellow, goods are orange, services are blue, and you see, look at this massive, massive wave of increase, Dr. Paul. It's it's pretty it's pretty shocking. Well, yeah. <clears throat> that is it is dramatic, and you know I think what you're pointing out there so clearly there are certain things about gold and prices of the currency and all is that the economic laws are there, and you can't change them very well uh, but you have all these fluctuations on the short term because they're emotional and subjective and they're influenced by so many factors but the laws are still there that if you have a fiat currency have no guarantee that it's backed by anything that uh, if you do that you can have um, a lot of fluctuation short term uh-huh. and you we saw it today yeah uh, down 20 up 30 and uh, that, that's why a lot of people uh, shy away from the futures market. Even the pros are starting to get a little skittish about, about that, uh, that type of market. But uh, the, the laws are there. If you print money, the value is going to go down. And the one advantage at uh, looking at gold as money is the fact that it has the longest history of any currency that man has ever known. Mm-hmm. In thousands of years, they have made use of it, and it's been sort of a natural money and a trustworthy money, and it becomes uh, skewed when the politicians get hold of it. Then they, then they can mess up a gold standard, just like, uh, you know, when uh, the uh, inflation of the 1920s brought on the depression of the 30s, and we were in a mess, and then they kept doing the wrong things, and the conditions were getting much worse on. So what, what did uh, Roosevelt do? We have to do something. So he stole all the gold from <laughs> the American people, and, uh, and we will control this. And it, it, in a way, he was way, uh, able to get away with it. So in spite of a depression going on, uh, especially after World War II, we had the gold, we had the money, we were spared so much of the destruction in the world, and uh, we were able to do that. And even though the stage was set with Bretton Woods, of a so-called guarantee at $35 an ounce, uh, not for the Americans, who are not allowed to own it, but for foreigners, you, they could use our dollar, and if they ever got worried about it, they would cash in. 
Oh, but we had so much they would never do that. Yes, until 1971. Yeah. So at last, and they they had to give up, and uh, you know, at the height of uh, uh, of that crisis in the 70s, when they were recognizing this, the one reason why I know governments care a lot more about gold than they would then. And I've told this story. I hope it's not boring. <laughs> I was having a private lunch, a breakfast with Paul Volcker in 1979 when I imagine gold was uh, 750 or $800. And it was skyrocketing. It was those moments when they, they didn't know what would happen. But Volcker, you know, was tough on, we got to raise the interest rates, slow down the presses, uh, the, the, uh, the printing presses, and, and, and all this. But we, it was very small uh, luncheon, and interestingly enough, Paul Rock, uh, <laughs> Lou Rockwell was with me for this <laughs> private luncheon. There were only four of us. A with uh, Volker was there, so uh, we were there early. Everybody was there except Volker, and he marched in, and uh, he immediately he didn't come over and say, "Hi, Ron, how you doing?" <laughs> uh, he didn't even know I was in the room. I mean, so to speak. He went to his staff. He says. What's the price of gold? <laughs> they, they, they knew the price of gold was very, very uh, important. And, uh, of course, uh, another time that verified the fact that the governments know about it and, and they want to control things was the gold was illegal for 40 years, 1934, uh, up until uh, 1974. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was re-legalized re for January 1st, 1975. And that was a big day. The gold bugs. I had been going to these conferences, <laughs> and uh, there, but but there, people knew it was that was going to happen. They were anticipating. So people had been buying and buying and buying in the quiet market. Mm -hmm. and so the price on the international markets has actually pushed the gold price up. But the day it was legalized, they didn't want people to get too excited about gold going all how all wild. So, it was it was it went down sharply <laughs> you know, what it's not legal everybody's gonna buy but most people who knew already bought but what they uh, and they and they uh they bought they bought the gold and guess guess who uh, guess who sold gold the u.s treasury <laughs> they dumped the bundles on there and the imf they've uh -huh. been so they're always manipulating gold is important and they will manipulate it but the breakdown of Bretton Woods is the evidence to show that, yes, in spite of the manipulation, the interference, and the desires of governments, like they want 2% rate inflation rate, they lose control. It's for short term. Investors have to pay attention to everything they say and do because they have to, you know, how to react from it but uh they did they they did this and and the federal reserve you know bought it and then of course uh, gold went down and then back up again at the time it, this all started was 35 with that that's when it went up to uh you know 800 <laughs> but the, but governments know about gold and they pretend it there's sort of a disagreement among the hard money people you will have some very respectable uh money people who would disagree with some of what I've been saying and say, no, there's no rigging in the price of gold. It's always the market that determines it. And I would say it determines it, what the ratio will be eventually. But in the meantime, I think governments manipulate. I think there's banking interests that manipulate and uh, bullion banks manipulate and they want to make a fast buck and, and uh, technically would break the law to do this. But ultimately, economic laws are very powerful. We have a history of gold 
And today was fascinating because of this. It'd be, be interesting, even while we speak, uh, you know, gold could have gone back down $20 <laughs> or it might have gone up $40. But long term, uh, we're continuing to print the money. The money will be printed. We are not going to have fiscal conservatives elected this fall. Yeah. And, uh, and therefore, I think people have to think about, uh, you, you know, the, the gold standard. They, they get real curious about it. And uh, thinking about buying, they might check in with Birch Gold yeah. Group. Yeah, why know, not? And see what gold, the, the gold market's doing. Yeah. Well, speaking, you bring up Volcker. Speaking of Volcker, I was just looking on Hedge. They say that inflation is at the highest level now since Volcker kicked up the rates to 20%. So I, what I'm wondering from you is what do you think the Fed will do? There are no Volkers in power now, but will, will, what do you think they'll do and what will be the result? I, I don't think they have the uh, intestinal fortitude to do what Volcker did. But it's not only because they won't have the individual It'll be the outside pressure mm -hmm. uh, there. Uh, you know, let's say we had our way and we had the uh, Federal Reserve audited and we start weaning them off and took their pressure. Right. There would be so much hysteria because interest rates would go up. It would be more difficult to run up deficits. People would be furious. There'd be a revolution. But, but the whole problem with what we're facing is it would be horrible uh, reaction because it, it wouldn't be cleared up very quickly. Is they, they, uh, uh, they, they can't be patient. So no, I think interest rates will continue to go up, but eventually the collapse comes anyway. Mm -hmm. There's gonna be a collapse if they quit, and there's gonna be a collapse if they continue. <laughs> I think the collapse that they with continuing is much worse and is more likely to invite the uh, uh, you know the social chaos and and the uh, fighting between the uh, class of people you know the rich against the poor because everybody knows that's happening now this whole system is rigged uh, you know legally so so you know claims legally where the people who get the money first are the richest and then they dump it out into circulation and buy up what they want and then the people get their higher prices. Then, then the people get confused. My prices are going up. What do I do? What do I do? What is the government going to do for me? Yeah. How are they going to take? So it's that mentality that is there. That's why we work as hard on changing people's attitudes and understanding of marketplace. Because if you do the right thing, it's sort of like, uh, can I can I take the treatment for my cancer if I know you know it's a reasonable thing to do, uh, even though it hurts. Yeah. Uh, the pain, I think. In economics, it's much worse if you don't quit doing the wrong thing. You can't have a free lunch uh, forever. You can steal money and have a pseudo-free lunch because you transfer wealth from one group to another. But eventually that ends, and I think that's why there's so much chaos right now, is that we are getting close to the ending of that, and people are frightened. They don't not quite understand it. And uh, we see days like this. I think today even though as interesting as it is, this is a mild day to what will be coming. And oh. probably within this next year. You're making me nervous. <laughs> well, speaking of endless money and the rich against the poor, let's put on this next uh, clip. This is from Politico. We originally saw it on Zero Hedge to give them credit. U.S. sends $1.7 billion in aid to pay Ukraine's health care workers. So 
Here we are, we're facing these horrible inflation numbers, we're facing 15 years of declining wages in America, and we're facing our own health care crisis, as we know how very, very difficult it is to get health care, to get health insurance, to pay for health care. And what does the administration do? They say, well, we need to get some relief, not for Americans, but for people in Ukraine, because we bought Ukraine. We've already sent over $60 billion, and we're going to send endless more money over there. So I just think, Dr. Paul, that this is one of those things that's going to resonate with a lot of Americans who feel a lot of anxiety about not being able to afford their medications, uh, basic health services. When they look at this and they realize Washington, D.C. hates them, hates America, hates people that are struggling. And here's a good example of it. Here's Janet Yellen. This shows how out of touch, how out of touch the elites are. Put this next one up if you can. Here's Janet Yellen. This aid will help Ukraine's democratic government provide essential services for the people of Ukraine, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said in a statement. What about essential services for the people of the United States? And, and it wouldn't cost very much. Freedom uh, isn't real costly. As a matter of fact, it creates wealth. Yeah. It doesn't consume wealth and, uh, and, and it's, it isn't organized by authoritarians as an example. We just had a little bit of a taste of that during COVID. Yeah. Look how we, well we took care of COVID. How many lives have we saved by giving COVID uh, shots to the vaccine? And just think, we have such great plans. We'll spend ten more billion dollars. I know it's more than that. Yeah. But now that we're going to give, we're going to give shots uh, uh, to little kids that, yeah. that don't even uh, re- require them, and they shouldn't have it. And now, now they uh, are thinking about. How are we going to handle the next, uh, the next epidemic? And they talk about it. It's a conditioning. Oh, yeah. Condition. When is it coming? When is it coming? I heard people talking the other day. It'll sort of be like everybody annually would get their flu shot. Well, maybe that wasn't such a good idea. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, I, I don't know if they continue to study it, but uh, it, uh, it, this whole idea, but they condition people. And uh, I think people have been conditioned. Uh, and, and I do have a position which I want to clarify is, you know, I don't have a blanket opinion about immunizations yeah. because sometimes I think there is. So it's it's very small compared to what's happening now. It is these booster shots, and the evidence is so clear now yeah. on the booster shot. The more people took the shots and the booster shots, were more likely to have complications because what is happening? They're getting the flu. Yeah. And uh, and there was another study out this week where it said that. 97% of this study, if they had natural immunity and had had the disease, they were the best protected. Yeah. Well, a great example is Fauci himself. He's had four shots. He got COVID anyway, and he was sick for a month. When he finally came out of being sick for a month, he said, whew, I'm glad I had those four shots. It could have been a lot worse. That's, <laughs> is that something like sacrificing for the cause? Yeah. I mean, I mean, if... If they know better and do it, that has to be total insanity. But they probably, I think they have to, to a degree, brainwash themselves uh, because he probably did take the shots. Yeah, he took four of them. <laughs> and he was so happy that he was only, only sick for a month, though. It could have been a lot worse, right? <laughs> well, one of these days we'll figure it out because uh, there's still a little a bit of freedom left. There's still some free market medicine uh, out there. And you, they just opt out of the system. 
and uh, it's still legal for doctors to provide for it. If they don't sign up and say, I want my Medicare or Medicaid, you can still get it. And like, guess what? When you go uh, private, like with uh, Keith Smith up in Oklahoma City, which has done a fantastic yeah. job, guess what? All of a sudden, the prices go way down. Way down. But now, uh, now the prices, you know, you have to take care of the, the uh, six middlemen in the middle, you know, the, the pharmaceutical companies and the drug companies, the whole work is made much more expensive. And if you want to have medicine at the maximum cost, you have government hap happening. But there is a little bit. And it's just like we, we're worrying about our loss of our freedom of speech, but we better use what we have left. Yeah. Because that's how the only way we, the only way we have an opportunity to change people's minds. Yeah. Do you want to do the SDRs real quick? Oh, or? yeah. So here are the Democrats. More money. <laughs> the Democrats demand $650 billion. Where are they going to get it? Uh, in IMFA, oh, well, I guess we'll have to send it. For Ukraine, war, really? Oh, not a, they're not going to send any to us. Huh? No, no, it's free. Okay, the IMF, they've been around a long time, since 1945. And um, the SDR, special drawing rights, it's fake money. Yeah, what are those for people who don't understand what that is? But it's, 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 it's just a fiat international currency that's not exchangeable. But they say, but they, when they print them, they pass, a, they pass a portion of it to everybody equally that's in the IMF. And they put it in their bank, and it qualifies internationally as an asset. Uh -huh. So therefore, then they can inflate against it. So it is inflationary, but some people have worked for years saying we need that as the world currency. And uh, it, it must be a big job because they haven't done it, but as, as the dollar standard you know, becomes more confusing, maybe they will. But that's the way they're financing it. Uh, it's, it's not going to be an appropriation, but there will be a cost because it will dilute the reserves and it will do, and give people the opportunity, and that's the central banks, to create more money. And uh, it, it's uh, not, not going to do what it's supposed to do because, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, the, the relief uh, is more complicated than uh, we need more money. And they don't need more SDRs, yeah. believe me, SDRs. It, it, you, you can't exchange SDRs at McDonald's. Yeah. Well, let's finish out with John Bolton. And, you know, it was a big story this morning. And it, it, it's good in a way. In a way, these stories are kind of annoy me because it's like, duh. But former senior U.S. official John Bolton admits to planning attempted foreign coups. Oh, tell me something I don't know. But anyway, hearing him say it so casually, I think, is what's interesting. And we actually have an audio clip that we can play that if you want to listen to it, Dr. Paul, here he is speaking on CNN about his role in foreign coups. I don't know that I agree with you, to be, to be uh, fair, with all due respect. Uh, one doesn't have to be brilliant to attempt a coup. Uh, I disagree with that. As somebody who has helped plan coup d'etat, yeah. not here, but, you know, other places, uh, it takes a lot of work. And that's not what he did. It was just stumbling around from one idea to another. Ultimately, he did unleash the rioters at the Capitol. As to that, there's no doubt. I don't know that I agree with So basically, Biden, I mean, uh, uh, Bolton was saying, this wasn't a coup. Trump was too dumb to do foreign coups. Trust me, I know. I did plenty of them, and this was not that. You know, the thought that came to my mind, because uh, there's something sort of plaguing my mind on trying to 
really understand it because we're, we're the king of coups. You know, I, I bet that our country has uh, participated in more coups around the world than any other. Yeah. They, I don't know whether the Soviets did it or whether they could call them coup. They usually just marched in and took over. Yeah. But the, the coups have been around, and, you know, we talk about uh, 1953 yeah. you know, with the coup that uh, we participated in in Iran. But uh, the coup that I am you know, continue to think about, because when he said, uh, I, I would never plan any here, yeah. who I'm talking about, he wasn't, I don't think he was around then, or if he was, he might have not been in a position to do it, or yeah. he would have. Yeah. And that is, <clears throat> I think, uh, one of the most significant coups in our history has, has been the 1963 coup. Yeah. Where, uh, and the evidence... I mean, the, the evidence, I don't know whether you can ever get to absolute evidence unless you have a picture, and they didn't have cell phones back then. Yeah. But I think there's uh, so many books and so many details, and most of them have come up with the same uh, conclusion, that our CIA was involved in the killing of Kennedy. And uh, there was a time when if you said that, uh, they considered you, uh, you, you know, uh, so, sort of extreme. Tinfoil hat. <laughs> now, the, uh, the, the uh, American people, I think it's like close to 80% of the people believe that Oswald did not act alone, <laughs> you know. That the evidence is pretty darn strong. And that to me is so significant because the, <clears throat> the, the power of getting away with this uh, means it's still around, and uh, and then <clears throat> and then we had even in the '60s, you know, Bobby Kennedy was killed, uh, and I, the government was involved in that somewhere along the way, and then also uh, Martin Luther King. Yeah, the evidence was very strong that the FBI was involved with his his killing. So that that's the type of thing that we should not uh, pass by and say, well, that's a long time ago. Uh, you know, and we can't do much about that. Yes, but we ought to understand it, and we ought to continue to understand it. And also, I think it helps explain where we are with uh, the power of the CIA right now around the world. You know, uh, Bolton's he, he's, he's not going to do one here, yeah. but he's going to do one some elsewhere. And it's, it's a natural thing for him. Uh, you know, participating in a coup is no big deal. Yeah. And uh, that, that, to me, is a very serious problem. And we need to break it down because the word is thrown around, what is a coup? The, coup, the, the coups that he are ta he's talking about is the United States going overseas and manipulating an election or, after the fact, removing someone who was democratically elected. We spent at least four years talking about how the Russians manipulated our elections with no evidence presented. But we know for sure, and even people like Bolton admit, we do that to other people. But hey, that's okay, because we're doing it for democracy. But you know, in the interview, uh, the only thing Bolton offered as you know, one of the places where he was involved in planning a coup was Venezuela. And we know that. We talked about that at the time here on the show. Um, yeah, it was part of that. It didn't work out that great. It was pretty hard to do. Yeah, tell us another one. But here's an interesting quote if you put this last one up. Because here's Tapper talking to Bolton. And he says, uh, quote, if we can get that last clip up if it's there. Uh, one right after that one. The next one is coming. I know it. He says, here's Tapper on CNN. I feel like there's other stuff you're not telling me beyond Venezuela, the CNN anchor said. 
prompting a reply from Bolton, quote, I'm sure there is. <laughs> He's telling the truth. Telling the truth by <laughs> accident. Blurting out the truth. <clears throat> well, the last thing I want to say, Dr. Paul, is again reminding our viewers, if you or someone you know is an upper division undergrad or grad student, apply to be a Ron Paul 2022 Ron Paul Scholar. It's the September 2nd. There are scholarships available so that you can attend in Washington, D.C., and also go to the conference. I was looking at some of the applications this morning, Dr. Paul. Very good quality, some, some young people I'm really excited and looking forward to meeting. Uh, but we want to give everyone an opportunity. So there's a couple weeks left to do your application. Um, this is a quick, quick, quick thing. You got to get it done, but it's easy. So take a look, and if you're interested in joining us, great conference, great speakers at the seminar, great opportunity to connect with other people uh, of like mind. Go to ronpaulinstitute.org. I will put a, a link in the description on how you can access the uh, application form. So, Dr. Paul? Yes, and I'm going to finish up by uh, talking about one other uh, incident that I call a coup. It might not fit your definition, but it was the killing of DM. Uh, it was an assassination, but it was to change the form of government. Somebody was to take over the government. So it coup-like, if you don't want to just call it a flat-out coup uh, during an election, it wasn't that. But uh, that, 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 I don't think anybody argues the evidence there. Uh, you know, I was listening to some regular news program the other day, and they said it casually that, you know, uh, the CIA had to be involved in, involved in that. And just, <clears throat> just think, that perpetuated the war, made the war worse. You know, uh, some people say 58,000 Americans died over there. I say more because they don't count the missing in action. Yeah. So it's 60,000. 60,000 Americans killed. No and it, it, it should have never started. It should have stopped because people in government should have decided, you know, this is an illegal war. Let's get out of here. No, it gets on and on and on. And then they, they actually use a tool which has been used quite a few times since then. But that was way back in the 60s. And that was... Um, that was certainly not to our benefit, didn't serve our interests, wasn't moral, wasn't constitutional, and it was certainly uh, ends up uh, more, more dangerous uh, uh, to us than ever before because uh, we still have guys like Bolton around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but wasn't he in the last administration? How'd that happen? <laughs> it's a long <laughs> so story. Very, very good, but I do want to thank, you know, everybody for tuning in today uh, to the Liberty Report. Uh, please come back soon.